great evening. Is it almost? I forgot the cutoff for evening. Anyway, hope y'all had a good day. Amazing day. Ah, man. This is the day that the Lord has made. We can always rejoice and be glad in it because, yeah, every single day he's made. I was just thinking about that young lady this morning, little girl going to preschool, and she was just so happy and so giddy. I'm like thinking to myself, at what age or what point did getting up in the morning become a drag, become, I don't know about y'all, but I often wake up with that Eeyore cloud over my head and I have to shake out of it. And usually what helps me shake out of it is prayer, lots of prayer, first thing in the morning, all throughout my day. And sometimes it still doesn't go away. Um, Some of it could be some chemical imbalances still in there, and I take supplements for that. But overall, just, yeah, I don't know. I I love, I love, like I said earlier today, I love people that just wake up and they just got a smile on their face and throughout their day, they're just smiling all chipper. And I'm like, man, just like that little girl this morning. It's like, I'm going to preschool. It's like, that is so cool. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, we're in, what are we on? First Samuel chapter 20. Today is September 22nd, 2021. It's 528 in the evening. What does it say evening? After five, it just, we'll just say that's evening. Evening. Somebody can correct me on that, on the times of when. I figure afternoon is from noon, 12.01 p.m. till five. And then after five is evening, right? And then... Yeah, we won't worry about night, then midnight. Yeah, what is nighttime then? Night, what night is like from seven till midnight? Is there a difference between evening and night? Anyway, see, let's get on these weird tangents. All right, so do I want to? Nah, we're, I'm going to try to knock out a couple episodes before I go to my class in exactly an hour. It's not far away, so. As long as I I have about 45 minutes and then I need to leave. So I figure we jump right into talking about, yeah, 1 Samuel chapter 20 and 1 Samuel chapter 21. And I may come back on after my class and do another recording, but I'm really leaning more toward this going right to bed. So. All right, so in First Samuel chapter 19, Saul tried to kill, Saul basically tried to kill David again. And but God delivered him, protected him. Go back and read it. Some interesting stuff went on there. And I'm still curious as to why David hadn't allowed his, I hate to use the word allowed, but yeah, why he was cool with, okay with his wife, Michael, having a household idol in there. So yeah, go back and read that. All right, we're in 1 Samuel chapter 20. Jonathan protects David. David fled from Naoth and Ramah and came to Jonathan and asked, what have I done? What did I do wrong? How have I sinned against your father so that he wants to take my life? Jonathan said to him, no, you won't die. 
Listen, my father doesn't do anything great or small without telling me. So why would he hide this matter from me? This can't be true. But David said, your father certainly knows that I have found favor with you. He has said, Jonathan must not know of this or else he will be grieved. David also swore, as surely as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, there is but a step between me and death. That's an interesting phrase there. I feel like with all this COVID stuff going on, I think everybody out here, you know, we all try to act like we're, you know, cool. Everything's going on as usual, you know, try to return back to normalcy. But I think one of the biggest things that COVID has done for all of us is reminded us that we're all one step away from death. So like it's made death more, you know, imminent, more. Like, hey, in the yeah, my cousin passed away recently. Was that earlier? Sometime last year? The end? I can't remember when that was. My cousin passed away in his sleep. He just made me, yeah, once again realize, yeah, these days are not promised. And as more and more of my family members are checking up out of here slowly, uh, hopefully we get a break for a while. But yeah, just realizing these, yeah, these days are unpromised. Jonathan said to David, whatever you say, I will do for you. So David told him, look, tomorrow is the new moon. And I'm supposed to sit down and eat with the king. Instead, let me go and I'll hide in the countryside for the next two nights. If your father misses me at all, say David urgently requested my permission to go quickly to his hometown, Bethlehem, for an annual sacrifice there involving the whole clan. If he says good, then your servant is safe. But if he becomes angry... You will know he has evil intentions. Deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought me into a covenant with you before the Lord. If I have done anything wrong, then kill me yourself. Why take me to your father? Hmm. I know, Jonathan responded, if I ever find out my father has evil intentions against you. Wouldn't I tell you about it? Verse, verse 10. So David asked Jonathan, who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? He answered David, come on, let's go out to the countryside. So both of them went out to the countryside. By the Lord, the God of Israel, I will sound out my father by this time tomorrow or the next day. If I find out that he is favorable toward you, will I not send for you and tell you? If my father intends to bring evil on you, may the Lord punish Jonathan and do so severely. If I do not tell you and send you away so you may leave safely, may the Lord be with you just as he was with my father. Was, key word, past tense was. The Lord was with Saul. Uh, I mean, honestly... In my opinion, as I read this, the Lord was still with Saul. He just didn't. He was just not yielded to Saul repentant. I mean, he Saul was not repentant to the Lord. He was not repentant and, and had a mind, a change of heart. He had hardened his heart toward God, but God was still with Saul. If I, he just wasn't like with him in the way he was before. God started sending him tormented spirits. Go back and read to see what I'm talking about. 
Verse 14, if I continue to live, show me kindness from the Lord. But if I die, don't ever withdraw your kindness from my household. Not even when the Lord cuts off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. Then Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord hold David's enemies accountable. Jonathan once again swore to David in his love for him, because he loved him as he loved himself. Wow. Then Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow is the new moon. You'll be missed because your seat will be empty. The following day, hurry down and go to the place where you hid on the day this incident began and stay beside the rock of Ezel. <laughs> the rock of Ezel. If y'all know, who, those of y'all who watched that old movie Friday know who Ezel is. That's funny. All right. I don't know if he spells it the same name. I will shoot three arrows beside it as I'm aiming at a target. Then I will send a servant and say, go and find the arrows. Now, if I expressly say to the servant, look, the arrows are on this side of you. Get them. Then come because, because as the Lord lives, it is safe for you and there is no problem. But if I say this, this to the youth, look, the arrows are beyond you. Then go for the Lord is sending you away. Hmm. The arrows are on this side of you versus they're beyond you. That's some significance to that. All right. As, verse 23. As for the matter you and I have spoken about, the Lord will be a witness between you and me forever. So David hid in the countryside. At the new moon, the king sat down to eat the meal. He sat as his, at his usual place on the seat by the wall. Jonathan sat facing him and Abner took his place beside Saul. But David's place was empty. Saul did not say anything that day because he thought something unexpected has happened. He must be ceremonially unclean. Yes, that's it. He is unclean. And you're so far off, Saul. But bless your heart. <laughs> Verse 27. However, the day after the new moon, the second day, David's place was still empty, and Saul asked his son Jonathan, Why didn't Jesse's son come to the mill, either yesterday or today? I wonder why, Saul. You tried to kill him. Jonathan answered, David asked for my permission to go to Bethlehem. He said, Please let me go because our clan is holding a sacrifice in the town, and my brother has told me to be there. So now, if I have found favor with you, let me go so I can see my brothers. That's why he didn't come to the king's table. Then Saul became angry with Jonathan and shouted, You son of a pervert, you son of a perverse and rebellious woman. Basically, wow. Yeah, he cursed him out in, in more uh, proper term words. Don't I know that you are siding with Jesse's son to your own shame and to the disgrace of your mother? Every day Jesse's son lives on earth. You and your kinship are not secure. Now send for him and bring him to me. He must die. Saul has no clue that Jonathan could care less about being king. He knows who the who's supposed to be king because he sees saw God was on David's side. Jonathan, verse 32, Jonathan answered his father back. Jonathan answered his father back. Why is he to be killed? What has he done? Then Saul threw his spear at Jonathan to kill him. So he knew that his father was determined to kill David. He tried to throw the spirit at his own son. He got up from the table fiercely angry and did not eat any food that second day of the new moon, for he was grieved because of his father's shameful behavior toward David. Shameful behavior. 
that's hard when your own kids find your behavior to be shameful. Verse 35. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the countryside for the appointed meeting with David. A young servant was with him. He said to the servant, run and find the arrows I'm shooting. As the servant ran, Jonathan shot an arrow beyond him. He came to the location the arrow that, of the arrow that Jonathan had shot. But Jonathan called to him and said, the arrow is beyond you, isn't it? Then Jonathan called to him, hurry up and don't stop. Jonathan's servant picked up the arrow and returned to his master. He did not know anything. Only Jonathan and David knew the arrangement. Then Jonathan gave his equipment to the servant who was with him and said, go, take it back to the city. Verse 41. Then the servant had, when the servant had gone up, David got up from the south side of the stone, stone Ezel, fell face down to the ground and paid homage three times. <clears throat> then he and Jonathan kissed each other and wept with each other through David, though David wept more. Jonathan then said to David, go in the assurance the two of us pledged in the name of the Lord. When he when we said the Lord will be a witness between you and me and between my offspring and your offspring forever. Then David left and Jonathan went into the city. All right. I just have to say, I'm assuming that kiss that, that Jonathan gave David was definitely, back then, their custom. These men were more open to kissing one another in a, like, friendly, affectionate, friendly, affectionate way, but not, like, the way we would think of it as in modern-day times. So, something I'll have to read more later. Cause I'm sure somebody has had something to say about that. And there's speculation like, what was this relationship like between David and Jonathan? Because they were really close. All right, let's read these notes, Tony Evans notes, and then close it out. And then we'll let's see. We should have more, a little bit more time for one more episode. So. As long as I don't go into any any more uh, too many tangents. All right, Jonathan was evidently. Let's see if there's anything back here. All right, Jonathan was evidently unaware that his father has sent death squads to hunt down David. He still believed in Saul's oath not to harm David. The new moon was a festival that involved special meals, which David would be un, would be expected to attend at Saul's table since he was a member of the king's court. Jonathan expressed to David his awareness that David would not only live, but also inherit the kingdom from Saul someday. By this point, then, Jonathan clearly understood that his father was under God's judgment. Though he was the king's son, Jonathan knew he would not be king himself. Nevertheless, he submitted himself to God's will. That's the key phrase there. Jonathan submitted himself to God's will. That should be all of our goals, each and every one of us. All right, Saul thought that Jonathan couldn't see what was obvious. David posted a huge threat to Jonathan's succession to the throne. 
what Saul didn't know was that Jonathan and David had already settled that issue. Although Saul was king, his son far surpassed him as a kingdom man. Basically, Jonathan had a lot more integrity and more the heart of God than his own father. All right. Hop on this Romans road. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, veered off the path, or missed the mark, and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages or the cost of that sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5 says, But God demonstrated or showed or commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. Romans 10, 13 says, for whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. And then lastly, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10 says that if we would confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, men believe unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You can simply say this prayer, say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' amazing name we pray. Amen. All right. I'm going to take a little quick, like brief Selah. Take a couple sips on this tea, and then we'll go ahead and knock out chapter 21. Let me see real quick. How many chapters are in 1 Samuel before we get to 2 Samuel? Let's see. I know we're coming to the end. Okay, there's 31 chapters, so we got about 10 more chapters to go. All right, I'll be back. <laughs>